And we've got our next guest where I know a lot of our listeners have been looking forward to this to ask some, some questions, as have Daniel and I. It's Brian Stronach, who is head of high performance cricket for New Zealand Cricket and was um, my f- he was in charge of the fitness when I was uh, involved in the Black Caps. He used to push us really hard, actually. Stronny, welcome to the show. No problem. Yeah, it seems like a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I don't have my GPS on today. Stronny used to give us these <laughs> GPS units where they, they were remote at that time, so you had to plug them in. And because I was an all-rounder, he's like, there you go. You've got to do 12Ks today. And off you'd go and you do your fielding and your batting and your bowling. And then you'd log in the, the GPS unit. you go, sorry, mate, you've got another 4Ks to do. And off you'd go and trot around the field for another 4Ks. And you were one of the fitter ones. In 100% humidity. humidity. Yeah. Look, yeah, that's why I've got so many greys now, Stronny. <laughs> look how good you got. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daniel would actually beg to differ on that point. Okay, great. I, just, I just like to keep him humble, Brian. I just like to <laughs> yeah, keep him exactly. humble. Exactly. Uh, it's it's no, great to enough. have you on the show, Stronny. Really good to have you I've, on the I've, show. I've got to ask, are you thinking about slapping GPS on all your players at the moment? Because there's a bit of coming and going uh, in international cricket, yeah. isn't there? These are really these are really interesting times. And, you know, I just jotted down um, some notes over the last four or five months. And, and please fill in any blanks that I've missed out. But, you know, you've got someone like uh, uh, Jimmy Neesham, who's a big cog of the, uh, the T20 one-day scene. Uh, doesn't take a central contract. Trent Bolt, we all know. Well, I think it was during the was it during the Chapel Hadley he announced um, mutually yeah, yeah. sort of um, agreeing to to end his central contract. DeGron Holmes surprised yeah. all of us by being drafted in the BBL after being on a contract. And, and Martin Guptill uh, released during the week, um, shortly after being snapped up by Melbourne. How do you describe? How would you, in general, broad terms, describe this period? Are we going through a transitional phase? Is it? the beginning of the end as some of the headlines have tried to portray during the week? Oh, no, I wouldn't call it the beginning of the end, but it, it's definitely interesting times. I mean, um, we're looking at a team with a lot of great players that have been around for a very long time. And uh, I said earlier in the week, I, I wouldn't like to say that they're, that they're at the end of their careers, but they're definitely at the back end, towards the end. And then the, the cricketing landscape, as we all know, has just changed with these um, T20 franchise um, competitions springing up all over the show so really when you get into the back end of your career and you've got more options than anyone ever had in the past um, then I, I think this is a bit of a natural occurrence but for us we've just got to work our way through it and we're trying to find win-win situations I think one of the biggest things for us is we've only out of all those players you said it's only actually Colin the Gronholm that's not available for selection anymore so just working our way through this new environment and, and trying to find win-wins where we can. Stroni, do you think uh, things have softened? The um, the ability to pick players that are not centrally contracted, because I do remember Mitch McLennigan, where um, he was not centrally contracted, but um, was out of the picture totally at a time where, yeah, I, I thought that maybe he could have been considered. Is it a time to soften, or have you softened? Are the lines a little bit greyer than they used to be? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a changing environment, but but we've always been able to pick uncontracted players. And uh, I guess in the case of some of the, the ones that were um, taking up these opportunities in the past, it comes down to selection, doesn't it? And whether, whether our selectors thought they were in the best 11 for the team or not, but... The, the landscape's definitely changed. There's more competitions and there's, there's more of our, I suppose, top-end players that 
are being tempted by these things, and, and you can't really blame them either at times. But we still want to support our contracted players as much as we can. So, I mean, you, you see at times like now when Trent Bolt's not there and so forth, but but it gives us, still gives us the opportunity to pick those players when they're in form and leading into peak events and so forth. Are we are we not in the danger, Stroni, of someone like the Mumbai Indians, let's say, or even Rajasthan, that look like they're buying up teams around the world? Obviously, the South African competition is is about to start, and they they have a lot of Indian owners that own those teams. Is that uh, international cricket will be secondary, and the circuit will become the the primary focus of these players who may be contracted to the likes of a Kolkata, a Rajasthan, or a Mumbai? And that's almost their base. And then they come in and out of the team because the strength of New Zealand team has always been the team culture and the, the mm. togetherness. Yeah, oh, to be completely honest with you, who knows? <laughs> it's such a quick, quick uh, and changing landscape. But I, I think the one thing international cricket's still got is currently I think most players to keep their value in those T20 franchise league need to be playing well on the international stage, especially in New Zealand when we're a little bit smaller and so forth. But we also have that, that great thing, at what you talked around there, we may not be able to compete with money, but we can compete with environment and culture and playing for your country is a massive part of that. I think generally around the world, people still want to pay, play for their country and they still hold that on a pedestal. So as I said earlier, the key for us is where we can, um, where we can be flexible enough that people can... Um, go and play in these competitions and but still play for their country and, and I think we've been pretty flexible around that with both within our contracting system where we we let players go off and play in these leagues when they uh, the IPL and so forth when they don't clash with um, with international cricket but then also through these times we're um, we're releasing people from contracts but they're still available to come and play for us. Walk us through how the Martin Guptill situation plays out. Um, here's me playing amateur detective. Liam Livingston, four days ago, it's announced he leaves Melbourne. The next day, Martin Guptill's released. The following day, he signs with Melbourne. Um, did, Ma- did that offer get put to him and he came to you to get out of the, out of the con? Is that essentially how it's worked here? Oh uh, no! Well, I don't. I couldn't tell you. Actually, I, I don't know. A ring. He was offered those sorts of things. Uh, I can tell tell you from Arian that it was obviously he didn't make the eleven of that World Cup T Twenty World Cup squad. And then we came back and we uh, went through the selection process process for both the T Twenty and the ODI teams against India here. And he he didn't find himself in the thirteen for either of those. So it was post that that he came uh, and we started having discussions and negotiations around. This, but I, you'd have to ask him around when he was approached by the, the Big Bash stuff because we, we weren't involved with that at all. And, and Stroni, I guess the, the danger for New Zealand uh, cricket setting kind of these precedents of, of players being released almost halfway through uh, their contracts is that you would start off with your contract planning and you'd have your players in place and then suddenly a BBL team would approach a player or you know the South African League uh, would approach a player and offer them a lucrative contract where they think, you know what, I'm going to take that and I'm just going to ask if I can be released from the New Zealand contract. And then you're without a, a contracted player that you haven't obviously invested that time and, and probably experience in leading up to the big competitions. Yeah, no, that's you're exactly right. And I guess for us, the key bit here is um, just because someone seeks a release doesn't mean we have to grant it. So... 
Well, in this case, we think the players that are doing it have earned the right to do that and so forth. And our contract systems are only a year-long contract, so there's not there's the opportunity um, each year to, to look at these sorts of things. But I don't think it would be a cut blanche where any player that right. could, um, just gets offered something at any time, we would accept that. Yeah, and, and also, Stroni, I guess you look at the positive side of it, well, you could have younger players, guys like Ratchin Ravindra, guys like Dane Cleaver, coming in and, and taking those spots of players that are not going to be available during that time. Um, and that'll help uh, create a little bit more depth in the squad? Yeah, and that, that is the positive side of it. That's what I was talking about before with us kind of um, supporting our contracted players. And, I mean, in the past, and we see this as a good thing as well, but it's, it's been pretty hard to crack into the squad for a number of years. Whereas this this does give give us the opportunity to develop people towards um, international cricket, and then obviously, as I said, it's it's leading into a peak event, or a World Cup, or um, the next um, Test match series, or whatever we can we can pick the best team that we need. So it does create a, a, a bit of a win win for us around that. Right. Okay. So uh, there's no hard and fast rule here. Kane Williamson will not um, be the same sort of thinking for as a Finn Allen. Finn Allen's just sort of scratched the surface as far as an international sort of career. Kane Williamson's been around for years and years and years. If he came to you, you'd be far more amenable to that because um, uh, of the longevity he's given uh, New Zealand cricket. I, I, I think that's a fair way to sum it up. Yeah, I, I think that's true. We, we Basically, we want to look at it for a, on a case-by-case basis at the moment and understand it. We don't, we don't have any black and white rule, whereas if you've done X amount of years for the, the black caps or anything, you're, you're open to these or you're not. But we, we just want to work through it for a, from a case-by-case basis. And, and generally, I think you're right, those, the players that we're looking at, certainly Martin Guttel's played for 14 years for mm. the black caps and done everything everything that anybody could ask of them around that. So, yeah, that, that creates, some, I suppose, some money in the bank with us where he's getting to the back end of his career and, and these opportunities come up and who are we to stand in the way of doing that? But that, but that is very different to um, some of the other players who are starting their careers and were supporting and, and so forth. Okay, so De Home, as you said at the top, um, is unavailable. He's uh, He's gone yep. his way. Uh, Nisham's a freelancer, if, if, if you will. Uh, Martin Guptor yep. will uh, still make himself available when he's not double booked. What about the on-loan um, Mumbai Indians, Trent Bolt? What's going on there? Like, How much has he committed? Has he given an indication of when he'll be available? Like, Is there a World Cup I don't know next year that he's indicated he will play in? Oh, I, I think he'd love... Uh, the next World Cup for us is the one-day World Cup over in India. So I, I think he would love to be part of that. So that's that's a perfect, I think, example right now as we're supporting through the series some, some of our contracted players and, and Trent's off doing his thing. But he still loves this team and he still really wants to play for New Zealand and, and he's talking to us around that. So he, I, I think... Um, all going well, form for him and so forth, then, then he would love to be part of that um, that World Cup squad and leading into it, and probably some series leading into it so we can perform the best we can, but he definitely still loves playing for us um, and loves playing. So yeah, he but, is available? So he, he has told you he's available yep. for it? Yeah, yes. Yep. Well, I mean, we haven't got to the, the, the actual nuts and bolts, but he still wants to play for New Zealand. Yes, yep. Not the World Cup. I'm labouring a point now here, Grant, aren't I? 
I should probably move on. <laughs> yeah, he wants. <laughs> the World Cup's still a wee way away, so we're not we're not picking the World Cup squad as of now. But yeah, he's. Oh, he's but you're thinking about it, Brian. Let's let's be fair. You're thinking about it. We're we're all thinking about yeah. it now. Yep. How yep. good, and, especially and especially if your side if your side wins games like that. You've you've been so you're the number one ranked side in the world. You've been to two straight finals. There's a lot of New Zealand fans yep. who are already looking forward to it, Brian. I can tell you that. Yeah, he's definitely not saying to us that he doesn't want to be part of that. Put it that way. So right, good. Good. If, Thank if you very much. He'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Stroni, um, are we, are we going to be uh, at the stage now with, whenever you ask the players, they say that test cricket is the most important. It's the pinnacle. But there's so much emphasis on white ball cricket now and the movement of these players. Is mm. the worry that test cricket is going to be the, the one format that will really be affected with uh, the movement of, of people going from circuit to circuit? Uh, I hope not, because uh, I, I, I still think there's a, that, I suppose, prestige of Test Match cricket still sits with our playing group and with our um, our support staff. I, there's not too many players in New Zealand that I think, uh, especially young players and talent coming through that are going, that are talking to us and saying, oh, we don't want to play red ball cricket, and I think the Test Match Championship has just reinforced that, but uh, tests are critically important to our playing base and everyone. So I, I'd like to think, yes, these, the, the white ball emergence in the T20 franchise is putting pressure on the calendar and things like that, but I don't think anyone's got an appetite to go away from tests because it just means so much to this game and, and these players, and they do see it as the peak. How concerned are you about the age of the side? Last night, just two players under the age of 30. And, and how do you bring in new talent when there's only 11 <laughs> spots available for any one game? You must be in a really tricky position to keep the winning habit going and also finding ways to blood new talent at the top end. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting time, isn't it? I mean, you go back 10, 12 years, whatever it was, and, and we had a really young side. And... Um, that's where your Kane Williamsons and your Martin Guptals and your Tom Latham's and things, they were really good talent and they were coming into the team but they've, they've been there for a long time now so that obviously makes it hard and they're performing at the top level so we're going to concentrate on the natural um, changeover like like there's been things like sending um, teams to, to different um, countries where our top guys haven't been able to play because there's just so much cricket now but also our A programme We've got a massive emphasis on our own program now. They were over in India. We're playing Australia later in the year and so forth, and that's critical. But but also I think the standard of our domestic cricket now is just so much better than what it was. Mm. You see a lot of players now when they come into the international team and for Black Caps that they actually perform and they perform consistently, whereas there used to be that trend as you'd come out of domestic cricket or an A program, New Zealand A program, you'd, you'd play you'd go okay and then you'd fail for a while and you'd, you'd be dropped and then have to come back in. And we've managed to kind of change that cycle a little bit. So a lot of the time I, I don't see it being hard to get into the black caps as, as a bad thing. I think fighting to want to get in there and then having to be consistent when you get in there is a really good thing. But we've just got to work harder on all those other areas to make sure they're ready when they get in there. Well, Stroni, congratulations on a great win last night. There was exceptional viewing. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Partnership with Latham and, and Williamson um, at Eden Park. And, you know, hopefully, uh, from what I understand, if we can win all three, we go to number one uh, in the Super League. We've loved having you on the show. Good for our listeners to get an insight into that. They've definitely been interested in 
Martin Guptill's departure um, or release from his contract. And it's great to get clarity. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem at all, guys. Any time. And thanks for all your support around it. It's just uh, passionate. Kiwis being passionate about cricket, which is a, which is a great thing.